0: this is the skyline wealth strategies radio show i'm walter storeholt joined as always by jess hamill and jonathan berkland and the great team at skyline wealth strategies you can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth Dot com. Really good topic to talk about next on the show here. We're talking about that final decade, that last decade of your working life and why it's so important for a retiree or somebody approaching retirement, obviously, to be ready from the planning perspective. I want to talk with you guys today about some of the things that people should be addressing during that final 10 year period of their working life. And I think first thing on the list, certainly, has to be that you've really got to decide what's important to you? And that's a broad question. How does that usually play out in your office when you meet with folks?
1: Well, unfortunately, that last decade, people we're having to redirect them to even get to that spot. When they come in the door, they're still in the accumulation mode. They're not really thinking about retirement um, from the same way we do from an income standpoint. So I don't know that most of them really know what's important. They're just trying to accumulate as much stuff as they can and then figure out how to distribute that into a useful uh, income stream for them in retirement.
2: Yeah, and and I'd say you know we get situations across the board. You know, people retiring you know at fifty, people retiring at, at seventy, um, and you know that that means different things in your retirement from a life expectancy standpoint. And of course, you know, people have different uh, things they want to do with their retirement. You know, some people are, are totally fine sitting at home on the couch watching TV and and, and doing that. And other people want to want to hit the slopes and, and have a great time. You know, skiing or whatever. So um having in mind what is important to you what you want to do what you want it to look like and when you want it to happen that's really the the first component of retirement planning because without that we don't have a place to to really start helping you plan yeah, if you want to travel across the world, the answer to your retirement plan becomes a lot
0: different and uh, a lot different situation than I just want to sit on the porch and, you know, watch the cars exactly. go by. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and
1: that's one of the first questions that we ask when we're sitting down, you know, in our first appointment is, you know, what does retirement look like for you? I need to know if I'm planning for, you know, an airplane purchase. Somebody all of a sudden wants to be a pilot. I'm looking at a quarter to a half million dollar expenditure that I've got to work into the budget or if they're just wanting to do some vacations and hang out with the grandkids. I mean, it's a pretty wide spectrum what we usually hear around here. I think the thing is just be comfortable with that
0: fact that your retirement doesn't have to look like the person next door's. It can be different, it's your own, but it is going to impact your plan based on your decisions and your choices. So we just kind of need to know that going into it. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Number two on the list of things to check in with in your final working uh, years, that final decade of your working life, would be to know your numbers. What do we mean when we talk about knowing our numbers?
1: The cornerstone of any uh, income plan that we put together is always the budget. Um, so people come in and I'll ask them, "What do you spend on a regular basis?" and and they never get it right. So I'll ask okay, them to, yeah. to to shoot off the hip in the appointment, and I'll get anywhere from six to ten thousand a month. Um, they forget about property taxes and things that are annual, automobile replacement, you know, things that you don't do on a monthly basis. So I'll take whatever they give me, we'll bump it up a couple thousand, send them home with a budget, and inevitably they'll come back, you know, anywhere from twenty to thirty percent more than than they actually thought going into it. But establishing what your actual lifestyle is going to cost you, and that's not just basic necessity. That's vacations, hobbies, spoiling grandkids, medical expenses that are going to increase as you get older, all of the things that encapsulate your actual budget. We want to account for that now so we can plan on it and inflate it out for the rest of your life. Yep. And, and I think another important component is
2: just knowing knowing what you have it's unbelievable the number of people that we talk to that, that don't aren't aware of what accounts they have where they're located with what institution, how much is in there. Um, we spend a lot of, of time with our clients just uncovering and turning over those stones and, and finding these almost lost or hidden accounts. Um, you know, what are they? How do they work? Those are all questions we get, and we're kind of looking at them like, w- w- what institution is this even with? You know, it, it's sometimes very difficult to even put the puzzle together, even know what we're starting with. So I would consider uh, taking some time to figure out what do you have? where Where is it located? And um, and kind of making a, a checklist or, or a, a check sheet of that and keeping a record of, of knowing where, where everything is so that when you do go to make a retirement plan, you kind of have a basis for for how you're going to fund that and where it's also located at. So what do you have? Also, what are you spending? And realize it sounds like,
0: uh, Jess, that number is often a little out of whack with reality. It is.
1: And, and, you (laughs) know, the trend that I've noticed lately here is, uh, you know, I've got more clients that are spending and making uh, more in retirement than they were working. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing to me that you know people, and, and we've got a pretty good clientele. We, we we screen out um, people that aren't a good fit, um, but I've got people that are coming in here that were making one hundred and fifty thousand a year, and now they're they're generating or we're generating for them anywhere from one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand. They're spending all of it in retirement, so they they they've lived conservatively so that they can retire you know in a really fun scenario right. instead of the other way around, which I, is
2: so exciting, so yeah. exciting.
1: I, it's it's disappointing when I get people that come in here that are spending every penny they've had. They've You know, they've had an exciting life and all of a sudden they want to retire at 60 and they're just not going to make it.
0: Mm. Not a situation you want to be in, but uh, it sounds like the other one that you're describing is one of power, certainly, that people are able to discover and find out as they get to retirement. And with proper planning, that certainly happens all the time. We're talking about the final decade of your working life, how important it is to start making the right decisions from a financial planning standpoint during that decade. There's this key buzzword whenever we talk about retirement planning, guys, called income. And we've got to estimate our income streams this seems like something you should really start doing at that ten-year mark, and then probably what every single year, kind of getting estimates on what that income is going to look like in retirement.
1: Yeah, as, as long as as long as it is before you retire. There's nothing more disappointing than a 66-year-old walking in saying, I, you know, "I retired last year, and I think maybe it's time I get a plan together." It amazes me the difference in mindset. We we think of retirement from an income standpoint. Period. I just want to kind of replicate having a job, but most people are coming in here with a with a, a kitty set to the side that they want to spin down. And they don't know how fast to spend it down. They don't want to run out, but they don't want to leave it sitting on the table. And so they're uncertain about how they're going to spend the retirement money. We want to take that and turn it into actual income streams. And that, that concept of having an income stream in retirement, for whatever reason, just seems foreign to most of the people when they first walk in the door. They think of Social Security and very few people have a pension. A couple of people have uh, you know rental properties coming in here or there. But they don't even really think of that as income. They just throw it into the kitty and then spend the kitty down.
2: Right, right. So the, the, the goal is to, to turn those income streams and that kitty into one one large income stream that's that's keeping up with inflation for for lifetime income um and that's that's certainly easier said than done but it's a lot easier uh to do when you know what those income streams are social security if you have a pension existing annuities uh, rental income it's great to have in mind and keep tally kind of like walter said on annual basis of, of where you sit and project out where, when you're going to retire if you're going to take social security late early, that sort of thing. And just have in mind, you know, how much money am I going to have that sort of mailbox money coming in the door? And then from that, that foundation or that base, you can really build upon that to produce the income uh, in retirement that you're looking to have. And that's certainly something we do on a daily basis here.
1: But I would say, aside from not counting on income streams, the, the number one mistake I see people make is not accounting for inflation. Yes. I, I had a client yeah. that came in the other day said, you know, I've got a small pension between both our social securities and the pension and the rental income we've got. We're fine. I'm like, yeah, you're in your mid to late 50s. You know What are you going to do in 20 years? We started inflating it out. And their budget all of a sudden got almost double by the time they get older. And exactly. They, they were just shocked when they looked at it.
2: Right, exactly. i had a conversation with my my grandparents over the weekend about inflation and what things cost when they were my age, that sort of thing. And it's it's amazing, you know. Um, you know, another forty years from now we're gonna be buying loaves of bread with hundred dollar bills. So um you gotta you gotta have that in mind, you know. My nickname is the milkman, and uh yeah, I feel the pinch
0: every time I go buy a new gallon of milk. I can't imagine <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what my budget's gonna look like for milk in a couple of years. Uh it's gonna be uh gonna be unfortunate. If inflation in general is a big concern, I imagine since it's kind of the uh the ugly sister of inflation would just be healthcare itself and trying to get a handle on that in the final ten years of your working life would be another important thing to add to our list.
1: There's a separation here that we like to identify um, from actual healthcare versus long-term care. because They're two very different animals but even just healthcare the older we get we're gonna start having more health problems, more visits to the doctor, it's getting more expensive. Fortunately as we plan these income plans out we make them very fluid so we can change them as time goes on but what we typically see over and over again is that as, as you get older and you start needing more medical attention and spend more on medical care, you're spending less on skiing the black slopes and doing all the fun stuff too. So we don't want to just throw it out there as a rule of thumb. But overall, what we have noticed, those things typically even out. And as long as we got a contingency plan in the back for it, we're doing pretty good before you enter into the long-term care phase. So, you know, if any of this resonates with you, if you're kind of freaking out on, on what's going on, the world's on fire, the stock market's crashing, everybody's losing their jobs, just you know, just calm down, first of all. What I really want is to talk to you. We have historically done in office appointments right now, obviously we're going uh, the virtual route so we can talk to you on the phone. We can do video conferencing. And by the way, I know we're on the radio, so this is reaching a larger audience. We're a, a local wealth management company here, but if we're going to talk to somebody on the phone or on the internet, you know, guys, if you're, if you can hear us on the radio, we can talk to you through the virtual means. So just give us a call, call the office and schedule a time to talk to me. The worst thing that can happen is you spend 30 minutes to find out that maybe we're not a good fit, but my clients are not freaking out right now they're insulated from the market downturn as it relates to their income and that's really what it's all about we're here to generate income if your market-based portfolio is down i can't change that right now but what i can do is show you how to reposition reallocate and shift your investment mindset to one that is more um geared towards true retirement and generating income in retirement so just give us a call give us a call and we'll set up a time to talk and go from there
0: it's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Berkland and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies, and it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512-952-5555. 5555 that's 512-952-5555 or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com that's skylinewealth.com austin's talk
2: 1370
0: this is the skyline wealth strategies radio show i'm walter storholt joined as always by jess hamill and jonathan berkland the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. Guys, almost everybody likes the idea of a healthy bank account. Who wouldn't? Uh, But I'm curious, what are some of the possible uses of cash that make it a good idea to have a sufficient amount on hand? Today, I want to talk a little bit more about the Benjamins and how cash plays a role not only in our daily lives, but also financial and retirement as well. Why would somebody keep a really good amount of cash on hand, especially as they enter
1: into retirement? Now, when you say cash, and I'm not being silly, you mean cash like money in savings account? Can cash Are you talking about like, you know, $100,000 in $100 bills stuck in your closet? Easily accessible funds. Either
2: either way, I
0: guess. I guess either way. Either one, yes.
1: As far as being in the real world, um, we've talked about it before on other um, episodes. If you're nearing that retirement year, that might be something good to spend down the first year or two uh, to keep you in the lower tax bracket so you're not generating income so you can do Roth conversions. Yeah, yeah. And I still think, you know, I mean, I think if you don't have... If you are in the six figure and above income bracket and have been for quite some time if you don't have a hundred grand a nine millimeter and a passport in a, in a briefcase somewhere in your house then something's wrong you're not ready you're not ready
2: well yeah I think the 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 benchmark is is kind of six to 12 months of, of expenses in cash on hand most people choose to keep that in the bank but if you're like Jess I guess you could have it literally cash on hand but that's that's kind I, of revenue I've, you're I've know. got a hundred thousand dollars in seeds is that okay
1: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> So that, that's the general thats the general guideline to, to kind of have on hand, just as kind of your, your emergency liquidity buckets. You know, lots of income streams in retirement aren't necessarily liquid, right? Social Security, you get a certain amount each month, but you can't go ask them for an advance, right? Right. Um, so same it, it thing. Maybe year's worth now. Same thing with your pension and, and other places, too. And, and, and sometimes you have longer-term investments, whether it's in the market or elsewhere, that maybe you don't want to touch when you get that repair bill or you want to take that vacation or whatever so it's nice to just have some cash on hand one for a basic emergency fund but two just to, as a source of liquidity in your life you know and then you can replenish that bucket um in a method and time span that, that you choose that that makes the most sense so it's just a nice liquidity buffer
1: and, the, and times have changed too i mean there's always i've had a lot of People come in with quite a bit of cash in the bank. You know, yeah. sitting sit on eight or $900,000 cash just sitting in a savings account. And I'm like, Whoa. I'm like, you know, there's probably something we could do a little better with that.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. C- can um, you have too much cash on hand? Is that an example of well,
1: that? Well, it, it, it depends on the rest of your portfolio. So, yes and no. But at, these days, with what you're getting in the bank, you know, we call it point nothing, the interest rate that you're getting in the bank versus what we can get with an equal level of safety somewhere else isn't that far off if you want to stay liquid. So, I mean, there's going to be a give and take for everything. So I think having a million dollars cash sitting in the bank, is that excessive? Well, not if I've got $20 million sitting in a retirement accounts and investments elsewhere, <laughs> right? Um, but if I got a million dollars in the bank and $300,000 in a traditional IRA, then yeah, you're probably a little heavy on cash. A little heavy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And everybody has their own risk tolerance, but you know, we, we like to generally see your money working for you the best that it can. So, I would I would say that you know more than six to twelve months is worth a conversation. Not saying it's wrong, but let's talk about it. Talk about the reasons why you want to have that much cash on hand, and make sure that that's what's suitable for you and your situation. And you're not doing yourself a disservice.
1: Exactly, and that's the better answer. Jonathan's answer is, is way more uh, accurate. Don't base it on a number. Base it on. A, a length of, of time of expenses yeah yeah so whatever whatever it costs you to be for a year for me i like a year six months is a little bit short but sure, sure whatever it cost you to, to do your thing for a year set that back so if something goes terribly wrong you got a year to figure it out
0: Yeah, that's a good idea and i guess guys another question along these lines would be going back to the beginning how do we get there in the first place where somebody's got more cash sitting uh, around than they should is it just fear of the market that typically leads people to to being overvalued there
1: some of that but, but I, when we see that what we typically see is somebody that's making a really good income all they do is work they live a very conservative life and their paychecks just have been adding up and adding up and adding up and all of a sudden they look up one day and like man that's a lot of cash i wonder what you have to do with it
2: yep yep that or or inheritance right somebody yeah, passes away and in the moment, you're not worried about what you're inheriting. You're worried about taking care of, you know, emotionally taking care of yourself, the rest of your family, that sort of thing. And, uh, and over time, you can just find yourself sitting on, on a pile that you inherited and, and you haven't done anything with it. So um, at some point in time, in either of those scenarios, you kind of want to hit reset and, and take stock of the situation. But it can happen. Um, it's a nice problem to have in, in many ways, right? Uh, but it does need to be addressed. Um, just to determine if, if that really is the best place for it all to sit, or if we can get it working in, in a better way.
1: So another another downfall of that, which really kind of flies on the face of the main reason that we said it was accumulating in the first place. But people get a comfort level. You know, you got five hundred grand sitting in your savings account, and you see something you want for a couple of grand. Sure, why not? I mean, I got half a million dollar sitting here; it doesn't seem like right, that big right. of a deal. So if you would have let down to fifty grand in the bank and put the other four fifty somewhere else, you're probably less, you know, inclined to go buy a. A $3,000 MacBook just because you happen to walk by the Apple store, you know, or or a a, a used motorcycle that seems like a really good deal, you know, why not? The less access you have to immediately liquid cash, the better you are if you're not a a disciplined, controllable person.
2: That's a really good point. Um, I'll go back to, you know, six to 12 months on hand. How how do you get there? Um, And is is it truly important to get there? We have a lot of clients that come in and they don't have that much on hand, right? We come in and I've got half a million, million, dollars sitting in my IRA. How much do you have in cash? Nothing. Yeah, five grand. Yeah, hundred bucks. You know, it's like, whoa, what, what happened here? How do we not have any cash on hand? So if you're out there in retirement or prior to retirement, you're still working and contributing to your 401ks and IRAs, take stock of your cash situation and do yourself a service. Make sure you have that six to 12 months on hand. It serves you well at any point in life, certainly in retirement, but leading up to it, that's your best opportunity to get that cash on hand. So if you don't have that built up by retirement, now we have to figure out how to make that happen, right? Um, and that can be more difficult than simply saving uh, out of earnings, right? Because retirement is, is permanent unemployment, so earnings sort of disappear. Yeah, right. <laughs> it gets a little bit more difficult.
1: And what we've also seen in some of those scenarios, and we're going the opposite of too much cash on hand, is right. when somebody comes in with a million dollars in their IRA, and, and literally, you know, two or three thousand dollars in the bank. Yeah. Well, how did you there's limits on how much you can contribute to your IRA. How did you even get to this point? Yeah. And what they're doing, it's, it's people that are living fairly conservatively and they're not making a ton of money and they literally put every penny that they can into their 401k. So they take whatever their paycheck is, they back out what it costs them on a monthly budget to live and everything else goes into the 401k. 401k, IRA, yeah,
2: Yeah, it's, they can. It,
1: so they are So they're not trying to save up anything in savings because they're feeling good because they've got it for down the road. Then they retire at 55. And they can't, they can't access it for four or five more years they without the, paying a penalty on top of it. they got right. no money to fall back on. They're sitting in my office going, I don't understand. I'm a millionaire. What happened? I'm, uh, we got a problem there. It's a rude awakening, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So definitely cash on hand is key. You can you can definitely
2: have too much. You can definitely have too little, but it comes back to your specific situation, what you're trying to accomplish from a a risk and investment standpoint. But it's certainly worth taking a look at one way or the other, making sure you have uh, the right amount for your particular situation. That's what we try to do here on a regular basis, along with a variety of other uh, investment planning. So if anything we've said here today uh, really hits home with you, makes you stop and think, I really encourage you to to reach out to your local wealth management team here. Um, We're here in Austin, just like all of you. Um, we're Austin and the surrounding areas, and we're all in this together, and we, we certainly realize that we're going through the same uh, trials and struggles as, as everyone here. And We really feel it's important to support everyone in this community and make sure that everybody has, has a plan. Um, lots of people's retirement plans definitely have changed for the worse, unfortunately, because of this, and we want to put a stop to that and, and try to turn that back around the other direction and put something together. That's going to be successful for you now, as well as give you success in the long term after all this passes. So I encourage you to reach out to us. We're obviously not doing seminars right now, but we are doing calls and video conferences where we can have the conversation and get you on the right tracks. So reach out today, just schedule a 30-minute call with us where we can go over everything from income planning, tax planning, get to learn more about you, your situation, talk about all of your concerns and goals for retirement, and see if we're the right fit. And if so, we can move forward and put that plan together to provide you that long-term success that you're looking for. So please reach out today.
0: It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512 5555, that's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Birkeland and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies, and it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or get in touch via the website at SkylineWealth.com. That's SkylineWealth.com.
3: Fishing is an art, and any fisherman worth his salt knows the proper tools to land a whopper. You wouldn't take a cane pole to catch a bass, and unless you're just looking for a tranquil day on the boat, you probably wouldn't use shrimp for bait on the lake. The same can be said of your retirement. There are all sorts of financial products out there, and it's important to know which ones are the right fit for you. A random jumble of investments won't do you much good in retirement. Work with an advisor who knows how to fish, who sees the art within. A well-crafted financial plan will go a long way toward making a successful retirement. Make sure you're putting the right tools in your portfolio. In
0: the Austin area, reach out to the Skyline Wealth Strategies team. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or online at skylinewealth.com. This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. We want to spend some time on today's show talking about 401ks. Obviously, one of the most popular investment vehicles that are out there. Uh, but your 401k can it can also not be perfect in many cases. Uh, it can have some weaknesses that you should be aware of. And guys, I think we're going to throw in you know 403bs, TSPs, uh, 457 plans. But if there's a caveat, let us know. First complaint or weakness of a 401k might be administrative costs.
2: Do you see this? Would you agree? Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, the 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 fees that go along with it. You know, the the bigger the pool of employees, then you know, theoretically the lower the fees go. But you're still you still have an extra layer of fees between that and just a right you know, right. Typical IRA. So if you're
2: at a Fortune 500 company, you might be a little better off than a mom and pop shop kind of thing. Right. Um, but uh, generally, you're you're going to be paying more in administrative fees in a 401k than if you just had a you know traditional IRA somewhere. So you're saying the smaller
0: the company, then even even at more of a disadvantage, you might be here. Yeah,
1: they've yeah. got. I mean, they've got less weight. It's just like a, a group, uh, you know, health insurance policy. Exactly. So if there's a if there are more employees, then the administrator can charge a lower fee percentage and still put a good bit of money in his pocket because there's more people to charge that percentage across.
0: Oh, that makes sense. So that would be why when I worked for a small company back uh, many years ago and we all were begging for a health insurance plan. They finally got a group plan for the small company, and it was way more expensive than it would have been for us to go <laughs> yes. get our own insurance. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> funny how that works out.
0: It is. It is funny. Okay. Very. So same thing in the 401k realm, same kind of uh, economies of scale in play. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Very cool. Uh, another common 401k
2: complaint or weakness would be that
0: it's a bunch of mutual funds, but not a whole lot else at your disposal?
2: Yeah, I've seen it range from uh, just uh, a target, you know, target funds, you know, only having maybe a handful of target funds and that's it, to, uh, you know, a decent selection of maybe 20 or 25 mutual funds. But either way, you're, you're locked into a pretty tight box there. Again, going back to the options you have in a traditional IRA somewhere versus, you know, in your 401k, it's opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, you, you really, you're kind of locked into that box and kind of have to hope that, the options you have available to you are going to perform well, and if they don't, you don't have really
1: anywhere to go, unfortunately. Right. Your reaction timing mean, to me, the reaction time on it is a lot is a a, a significant issue for me. Um, yeah. You know, if I've got a hmm. if I've got a traditional IRA sitting somewhere that I can just reach out and make a change when I see something then happening, um, I can react in a matter of, of minutes. Whereas with a 401k, typically you have to go through an extra layer. You have to go through an administrator before it even gets to the custodian Um, that may or may not be available. It might have to go by email and go through your HR department. And you could see something happening. And by the time you react to it, it's already too late. It really
2: depends on how sophisticated that plan is. Going back to small company versus large, if you're a large company, you may may be able to to trade quickly. A small one, a small plan like ours is here, uh, you may have a little more problems on that point. That's a good good point. Hmm. Interesting. So again, mutual funds, not a whole lot
0: else at your disposal in those plans. Another weakness of them. Uh, Limited asset classes, I guess this kind of falls in line with that same conversation. Would that be another complaint?
1: Yeah, yeah, I say, yeah, I would say that's that's pretty much part of the same answer. Very there.
2: similar, yeah. But you know, uh, not not very many four hundred and one k s are going to let you you know go do anything and everything you can do in, a, in an IRA. So just having the flexibility to really um, sit down and start planning for retirement, you know, it's a great potentially a great accumulation tool, um, but probably not so great. of one. As you get close to retirement, you're looking to maybe set up some secure income, maybe with some annuities. You're looking to diversify, go into some alternatives, real estate, so on and so forth. You're pretty locked down there there's a a
0: lot of asset classes right i mean was it is it 19 asset classes or something like that
2: exactly so they're they're really like i said locking you into that small box there in your 401k and, and not giving you very many options and like i said some are better than others but generally speaking you're going to be you're going to be locked into to going into those mutual funds right in the market yep I've read that another complaint or uh,
0: you know concern with 401ks is the fact that if you are looking for conservative investments that there's kind of a a, a lacking in terms of their availability
2: inside of 401k plans.
1: Jonathan's yeah. been the one skipping yeah. all over the yeah. 401ks. <laughs> <I've heard>. <laughs> keep,
2: keep going on my roll here. Yeah, I mean, you know, you may have access to to some bond funds. Um, it might give you a little little lower uh risk for you there and then you go from there right into just a, a money market sitting in cash which is you know earning you nothing which potentially may be better than you get in the market if you have a down year you might get lucky on that one but um there's really not many options down at the bottom end of that spectrum uh, from a risk standpoint that is uh, available to you in 401 case. um it's generally speaking you know uh growth oriented uh, mutual funds or a money market um it's it can be pretty frustrating certainly as you're edging closer to retirement
1: looking to take maybe a little risk off the table yeah and that's what i was going to add to it i mean a lot of this is still age dependent to some degree mm-hmm. you know a 25 year old um can can take those risks um he's not necessarily looking for something super conservative but if you're in a an employee situation where your employer will not allow you to do an in-service withdrawal before you separate. And you're getting on up there in age, and it's time to try to scale back a little bit. I mean, your only choice is either go with what they've got, um, scale back to a money market, or you know, or separate from the company. Yeah, so pretty yep.
2: weird. And that's one I don't know if it's if it's something that uh, we we've kind of gotten written uh, to us there, Walter, or, or not in terms of people reaching out with with uh, different complaints about 401ks. If that made your list or not, but access is something to, to certainly bring up. And just just did it. I mean, uh, as you're getting into re- retirement or thinking about retirement planning you may not be able to reposition that 401k elsewhere if that's with your current employer um, and 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 that can really be a, a roadblock to setting up a, a retirement plan so it's important to note when you're putting those dollars in those hard-earned dollars and you're you're planning on on setting up a retirement plan and utilizing some of those assets you know can I do an in-service withdrawal to utilize those funds other than a mutual funds you know can I go out and purchase some annuities purchase you know whatever you want to do real estate uh, or, or go out and put a better diversified portfolio together than market outside of those mutual fund options that you're given there in the 401k. So that's another downside too.
0: Now we're covering all these downsides of 401k's. Yeah, but them hard, huh? they're they're not the worst thing in the world, right? I mean, they still can be beneficial for people if they're getting matches in their plans. Sure,
2: yeah. The free money, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's so we're not exactly saying you've got to just totally throw your 401k out um, you know, out of contention or out of the the, you know, mix of your financial plan, but it, it kind of just causes you to pump the brakes a little bit and think, are there alternative options? Is that kind of what we should do here?
1: To some degree, I mean, for me, it's it's more about so many people, um, it's kind of like getting taxes taken out of your paycheck, right? I mean, everybody's just a necessity of that. At least yeah. 20 or 25% yeah. of your paycheck's just gone. You don't even count yes. on Um So, you know, people start contributing to the 401k, it's coming automatically out of their paycheck. They're not counting on that money. Not Un- much. unless you pay quarterly taxes Jess then, then <laughs> there you go you feel it you feel it then <laughs> well, yes and I do I completely understand that but yep. I bet your, your typical average um, citizen is not in that in that scenario it's just a different mindset there they think hey I'm contributing to a 401 ki I'm contributing you know sometimes the max I'm getting a match that's it that's all I've got to do um, so they get comfortable in that is that that itself being their retirement and they don't you know think it's outside of that box a little bit and say maybe I'm maybe I ought to do a different Uh, traditional outside of that and also a Roth and maybe some other ways of, of saving up for it on top of the 401k and I'll get people that come in here all the time you know 55 years old Two million dollars in their four hundred one k and thirty thousand dollars in the bank, and they're just they're so proud of themselves. Look, look what I've done. I've accumulated all this in my four hundred one k, and I said that's that's fantastic. Good. Congratulations! Every penny for the rest of your life is going to be a hundred percent taxable. It's like they right. didn't they didn't diversify outside of that mindset whatsoever because they've been conditioned to to think that the four hundred one k is their retirement. Right, right. But to Walter's
2: point, it can be a good accumulation tool. I, I myself use it. If you can get that company match, go for it. Right? Why not get that free money? Um, but certainly, as you're you're thinking about retirement, getting to do some retirement planning, um, it's it's not. The best tool to necessarily continue to utilize, and it's certainly something you should
1: think about maybe uh, uh, altering as you approach retirement. You or adding to, adding to it. That was my point. Sure, that's, yeah. That's, it's, that's, it's, that's your only retirement vehicle at all. Um, you might want to start looking at a little bit of diversification on top of that. Absolutely.
0: Well, it all comes back to that basic principle, doesn't it? Uh, yes. You've been doing one thing you're, you're one way for a really long time, but as you get closer to retirement in more ways than one, it's a transition point, and it requires us to do things a little bit differently. And this is just another example talking about the 401ks here.
1: So, you know, if any of this resonates with you, if you're kind of freaking out on, on what's going on, the world's on fire, the stock market's crashing, everybody's losing their jobs, just you know, just calm down, first of all what I really want is to talk to you. We have historically done in-office appointments. Right now obviously we're going uh, the virtual route so we can talk to you on the phone, we can do video conferencing. And by the way, I know we're on the radio so this is reaching a larger audience. We're a, a local wealth management company here, but if we're going to talk to somebody on the phone or on the internet, you know, guys if you're if you can hear us on the radio, we can talk to you through the virtual means. So just give us a call. Call the office and schedule a time to talk to me. The worst thing that can happen is you spend 30 minutes to find out that maybe we're not a good fit, but my clients are not freaking out right now. They're insulated from the market downturn as it relates to their income. And that's really what it's all about. We're here to generate income. If your market based portfolio is down, I can't change that right now. But what I can do is show you how to reposition, reallocate and shift your investment mindset to one that is more um, geared towards true retirement and generating income in retirement. So just give us a call. Give us a call and we'll set up a time to talk and go from there.
0: It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Berkland and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies and it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place call or text 512-952-5555 that's 512-952-5555 or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com that's skylinewealth.com it's time for the mailbag we want to hear from you It's time to open up the mailbag and take another question from one of our listeners. If you'd like to submit a question to possibly be featured on the show, go to SkylineWealth.com. That's SkylineWealth.com. Jay says, Ever since I retired, I've had a really hard time spending money. Something about not having a paycheck makes me nervous. Do you think I need a shrink? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Jay you don't need a shrink what you need is a, a financial advisor that understands the difference between spending down and generating income right. you need a plan but a to plan. answer your question um, no you don't need a shrink you should be nervous um, if all you've done is accumulate a, a nest egg and you're trying to spin it down and figure out uh, how to make yourself run out before it does then you've got the wrong plan so give us a call and see if we can help you out
0: and if you have a question of your own for the skyline wealth strategies team reach out by calling 512-952-5555 that's 512-952-5555 or go online to skylinewealth.com talk
3: 1370 the right choice when you reflect on your life what would you like to see as your fondest memories summers at your favorite vacation spot ice cream with the grandkids after their first t-ball game maybe it was your great adventure across the world of course those memories are still in the future although they're not as far away as you might think be sure you have a financial plan to make them happen don't find yourself worrying while enjoying that ice cream peace of mind is attainable in your retirement with the proper planning you can secure a meaningful retirement
0: in the austin area reach out to the skyline wealth strategies team call or text 512-952-5555 that's 512-952-5555 or online at skylinewealth.com This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. Guys, I want to talk a little bit today about Roth conversions. And I know that the idea of a Roth conversion is intriguing to a lot of people. And for some people, it might make a great strategy To enact. And so I want to explore the concept with you guys a little bit, discuss pros and cons or when it's appropriate, all those kinds of things. Why in the first place, just to sort of give us a base level here, uh, why would a Roth conversion make sense? Why is it worth considering? And can you give us a little background on what exactly we're talking about here in case somebody's not familiar with the Roth?
1: Yeah, for sure. So a traditional IRA versus a Roth, traditional IRA, money that goes in, goes in pre-tax or it goes in and then you take it back off your tax term. Either way, the money that is in there currently has not been taxed. The growth is also not taxed. So when it is time to utilize that account, every penny in there will be taxable as it comes out at whatever tax rate you're in when you take it out. A Roth, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. So you get paid whatever's left over. After you pay tax, you put into a Roth. The growth in the Roth is tax-free. And when you take the money out, it's just it's considered basically almost all bases. There is no tax on it. So, I'm a big proponent for tax free versus tax deferred. I see too many clients get caught in the tax deferred trap where they've socked away a whole bunch of cash over the course of their life, um, took a little bit of a tax break in that one given year, and now they've accumulated a million and a half of tax deferred income, and it's time to retire. And they're like, "Look, I'm a millionaire," and I'm like, "Yeah, congratulations. Every bit of it's taxable. So let's let's hope you're not living a nice lifestyle with a." put you in the higher tax bracket. So yeah, painful. It, it needs to be a blend as far as I'm concerned. So Roth conversions are a great way to one, correct. Maybe I don't want to use as severe as a word mistake, but if you put too much of your portfolio in a tax deferred, that is a way to get it out and get it into a tax free growth. Mm-hmm. Um, the pain point there is that you pay tax when you move it over, which is the biggest um, reason that people don't do Roth conversions. But it's, you know, to me, I would much rather retire on a, larger amount of tax-free income than tax-deferred income.
2: Right, and, and the way we try to coach clients through it is in the years leading up to retirement, hopefully those are your, some of your highest-earning highest years, so those might, may not be the best years to, to do those Roth conversions. You're going to be paying pretty high rates, but if we can take advantage of the the first few years out of retirement, maybe we can live off of uh, some amount in savings, um, You know, maybe some other non-qualified investments, meaning after-tax dollars. If we can lower the income uh, just by one, not earning a paycheck, and two, maybe taking some income from dollars that already been taxed, then we can start doing some of those Roth conversions at lower tax rates that make that a little bit more stomachable. Is that a word? <laughs> we'll make it one. Yeah. Uh, there palatable, we go. palatable, palatable. There we go. go. That's a better <laughs> one. But yeah, we, we can do those conversions uh, at that time and, and really... Throughout retirement, in just bite-sized chunks that make sense and that are kind of easy, easy to stomach, uh, from a, a tax standpoint. But it
1: all—I mean, it all comes down to the same thing. Everything that we preach here, planning. Planning, yeah. You know, so a good example would be: Okay, I'm five years away from retirement. I'm making more money than I ever have in my life. I definitely don't want to do Roth conversions now because it's going to be at the, the highest tax rate. So let's start socking some money away. First two years of retirement, I live primarily off of savings, maybe some capital gains, um, you know, other sources that keep me in the lower tax brackets and at that point I start converting all the stuff I can up until whichever tax bracket I'm comfortable being in and do it at the lower tax brackets
2: right right so a lot of people make make the Roth conversion decision Kind of one time you look okay. I've got an account with a hundred thousand dollars in it. Traditional. I want to make it a Roth. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna to have to pay that much in taxes. Never mind. Let's let's not do it. You know, if that's how you're looking at it, do yourself a favor and reanalyze it. Maybe think about just converting twenty thousand out of the hundred thousand, and maybe that keeps you in a bracket that you're more comfortable with. But now you have at least you have twenty thousand that's that's now tax free and growing tax free, versus. Nothing, right? So every little gain you can take off the table when it comes to Roth conversions is something. It's just at the end of the day, how much can you stomach from a tax standpoint? Just making sure you play those games correctly.
1: I under the mix. You know, I love Roth. I love anything tax-free, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, those of us that work really, really hard have priced ourselves out of being able to contribute to a Roth. So a lot of people just give up and say, oh, well, I, I make too much to contribute to a Roth. And, right. and there's such a ridiculously easy backdoor that goes through that. It's not even funny. I don't know why they bother, but you can... You can let's say you make a million dollars this year, you cannot contribute to a Roth, but you can still contribute to a traditional, a traditional IRA. Yeah. So you put it in the traditional IRA and then 10 minutes later, you convert it to a Roth. I mean, it literally accomplishes the exact same thing. <laughs>
2: yeah. The backdoor, backdoor
1: Roth yeah. as it's known. Somebody yes, makes so. a little extra on the paperwork there, right? Yeah. But yeah. Even, even so, I mean, it's, it's so minimal, it's, it's ridiculous. And what's funny is the, the people that are making these rules are people that are making too much to contribute to a Roth. So, you know, they, they worked in a backdoor for themselves. <laughs>
2: Figured out something, yeah. I wanted to say the other thing on Roth IRAs. I mean, we're talking about your own retirement income here, but they're, they're such a powerful legacy tool, right? If, if there's some dollars that you're wanting to pass along to the next generation that happen to be within your traditional IRA, do you know that you know when that when that handoff occurs, even if they take it in an IRA rather than take the lump sum, they're gonna have to pay RMD. Your beneficiary is gonna owe RMD at their age on that account for for the rest, the rest of their, their lives. Life. If it's a Roth IRA. It it's continues to grow and right? tax free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's you don't have the same repercussions when when you're handing those those dollars off to the next generation. So it's a very powerful tool for yourself, but also for the next generation. So it's something to consider if you're if you're in a spot where you're looking at legacy planning. Maybe you don't do that conversion for yourself. Uh, If you're looking, hey, I'm not going to need this money anyways. What's the point? Why do I pay taxes on it? Well, it might make sense for the next generation, set them up
1: for some success. So uh, something to think about on the Roth conversion conversation for sure. Exactly. And the one one thing I'm also going to throw in there, even if you're not in the super low, super favorable tax position right now, I've said it a million times, the biggest risk to your portfolio is not the market, it's taxes. So you might think, oh, my goodness, if I convert this right now, it's going to be a 30% tax bracket. I better sit on it and pay taxes through the traditional IRA method. And then 15 years later, you retire, and all of a sudden you're in the 60% tax bracket because somebody else is in there controlling the taxes, and they think that's more reasonable. So anything you can do to keep yourself from being in a taxable situation down the road is the best thing to do.
0: Well, I was going to ask you guys if you could give us an example of a person that would benefit from doing a Roth conversion, but it sounds like the list is probably pretty long, so maybe I should flip <laughs> it around and ask, can you give us an example of somebody who you wouldn't recommend do a Roth conversion? When, when would that be the scenario?
1: Yeah, so let's say you have somebody that is you know, the typical average mean you know, income American, somebody that's contributing to their 401k they are most likely going to live off of Social Security and a slow spin down of their 401K, and they weren't in the high tax bracket to begin with. So they're going to pay tax on that money no matter what. Why convert it at 12% today if you're just going to draw it out slowly and pay 12% later on? Other than the risk of tax laws changing. But But uh, usually those, those tax brackets are the ones that are the least affected by it. You know, when the politicians want to raise taxes, they want to raise all those evil rich people, right? Mm-hmm. And there's more not evil rich people than evil rich people. So the, the trick for the politician is to find that line where they can still get the majority of the people to support what they're doing because somebody else is paying the extra tax. Um, the majority of Americans are not going to be in that higher tax situation yeah. for the most yeah. part.
2: Yeah. So if you, if you have dollars that are maybe um, not in retirement accounts, they're not qualified dollars, right, in, in the bank, and most of your money is not in your, your IRA, you might be just fine, right? Just kind of yeah. leaving it alone and paying taxes as you distribute that to yourself in retirement.
1: So that, that makes sense. I agree with that one. So I just want to take a couple of minutes here to talk about how this is impacting us as well as everybody else. You know, we, we're not doing seminars anymore. No, that's, no. That's weird. That's what a really, change, yeah. Um, you know, kind of our long-term goal, our five- to seven-year plan was to not do so many seminars and rely on other means of, of getting in front of people. And so we've had our five-year plan accelerated to a two-week plan. Uh, yes. Um, but, yeah. but it's okay. You know, I mean, that that's what smart businesses are rolling with us and looking out for our clients. And I mean, that's 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 what we have to do. Um, It's not gonna do anybody any good if we just put our head down and say, you know, what do we do? Exactly You know we're here for for everybody
2: existing clients and also those people out there who whose plans have changed and suddenly need help Or maybe
1: they didn't think they did before the reality is as a result of this and, and changing how we react to it It really frees up some more time for us to be able to meet with more people Maybe spend some more time with those people possibly if you're working from home Freeze up some time for you to actually deal with your retirement I mean yeah let's, let's take advantage of a bad situation and try to at least get some good out of it
2: right so if you're sitting there working from home maybe you have a, a lunch break and all you can do is think about my gosh what's the market doing what happens to my retirement um, utilize that time don't sit there and and worry about it you know set up a call with us that's what we're doing right now you can reach us either by normal phone call or, or video call um, and, and just have a 30-minute consultation with us just to get to know us and connect and, and figure out what's going on and, and what do I need to do? We're local.
1: We're, we're tried and true. Keep Austin weird. We're right here in the middle of local Austin, um, which has to some degree limited our ability to deal effectively with people that aren't here local. I mean, nobody wants to drive. Traditionally. Yeah, Traditionally. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with this new world we're coming into and the new model that we're setting up just to be able to function and deal with people locally, That opens it up for, you know, people everywhere. So if you can hear this on the radio, we can help you. We can talk to you. We can do anything um, by video conference that we could previously do here in the office. We've got electronic applications for everything. We've got e-signatures. You know, we've kind of stopped the machine and figured out how to do this without having to sit in front of somebody. And we've got it figured out. Yep. We're ready to go.
2: So absolutely reach out to us. We want to help you um, and really put a plan together now Now more than ever uh, to set you up for long-term retirement success. So we're here for you. Please do reach out to us.
0: It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. 5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Birkeland and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies, and it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com. That's skylinewealth.com. And that's all the time that we have for on this week's show. For Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show. Our firm does not offer tax or legal advice, and no information we provide may be construed as such. Individuals are encouraged to consult with a qualified professional before making any decisions about their personal financial situation or decisions concerning government benefits. This content is provided for information purposes only and is not intended to serve as the basis for financial decisions. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management, LLC and Skyline Wealth Strategies, LLC are unaffiliated companies.